98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Cardinals GM Steve Kime. Kime time. On the Burns and Gambo Show. Presented by Santan Ford and the Arizona Cardinals. You're the boss at Santan Ford. Three o'clock every Friday, we talk Cardinals football. We do it with the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals for his weekly visit, Steve Kime, who joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show in advance of the Raiders game on Sunday. Steve, good afternoon. How are you doing today? Good afternoon, man. I'm doing fine. Well, let's let's first get uh, let's go back to last week. Let's get your thoughts on that game against Kansas City and just your feelings overall. Any concerns coming out of that game with the way the defense played? Well, certainly some concerns. I mean, um, you know, I think it's common of two things. Number one, both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, we did not execute, in my opinion. Uh, and then, quite frankly, ran into a buzzsaw on Patrick Mahomes, who played exceptional. There's no doubt about that. But if you look at if we look at the way you guys approached the preseason, trying to keep everybody healthy, and then you had some injuries, in your opinion, do you think they, the team was prepared to play that game? Well, that's a tough question. Obviously, that uh, the way we played, it, it would bring up a, a lot of reasons to question it. But you know, last year we practiced very similar and started off seven and zero. But again, the way we played in this past game will certainly um, give us reason to, to look into it a little deeper. And obviously, as much as we sort of uh, gauge the analytics nowadays uh, to, to see about the numbers and the amount of reps guys are getting, um, certainly something to look into. Yeah, I was I was going to ask, organizationally speaking, how involved is everybody? kind of in that decision in terms of how to handle the preseason and and how reps are doled out in the preseason, Steve? Well, generally, you know, I think Cliff will handle that, uh, but there are different things that we monitor with uh, whether it's GPS devices that are attached to the guy's shoulder pads, you know, where we try to minimize some of the running and and, and the the beat down on their legs. But there's a lot of different views of of it. And again, um, obviously, after the way a number of those quarterbacks played the first week, it it would uh, give you reason to believe that there would be a lot of benefit of playing in the preseason, but again, it's something we'll have to look into uh, a little more at length. Steve Kime, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Isaiah Simmons uh, wearing the green dot. Never expected to talk about a green dot this much in my entire life, but it feels like we've talked about it all summer. How much better do you expect him to be? How much better do you need him to be moving forward, Steve? Well, we need him to be better. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that has a tremendous amount of, uh, of, of skill and obviously uh, can do a number of things, and not only for you uh, with his range and athleticism, but also in the passing game and coverage. And um, we just got to get him to be dialed in and locked in a little bit better. But uh, he's, he's working this week, and it seems like he's had a good great week of practice. Steve, one of the things we've, uh, we've talked about was just the pass rush, you know, and I wasn't a fan of Chandler coming back, uh, but one of the things you did is you addressed it with a couple of draft picks of Majai Sanders and Cameron Thomas. Majai didn't play. Cameron played a little bit, got some reps in. No sacks last week. Where do you feel the pass rush is now? Do you feel like it's coming? And and who are the guys that are going to step up and give that to you? Well, we obviously need somebody to step up. Um, I thought Marcus Golden did some good things. I thought Dennis Gardeck actually flashed quite a bit. Um, and there were times where we created pressure. It's just he got the ball out of his hands so quickly, and, and the guy does a great job with his eyes downfield. So uh, hopefully we'll have a little more uh, opportunities this week. And again, uh, I'm really, really excited the way Dennis Gardeck played. He played fast. He hustled. Uh, plays like he practices every day, which is exceptional. More snaps for him, you think, this week? Yeah, I would think so. And again, you know, 
with uh, Marcus getting back in shape a little bit better and um, the possibility of a couple of these other young guys coming on, I think, is a real good chance. Do you think this will be the plan for, for most of the year with Devon, the practice squad, and bouncing kind of back and forth between the practice squad and the active game day roster the way you did him in week one? I would think there's a chance. You know, I think it just depends on who we play, whether they're a heavy run team or a heavy pass team. But that'll be a call that, that I know Vance and, and Cliff will be involved in heavily. Let's talk about the wide receivers going into this week. You're ready, you don't have DeAndre Hopkins. You don't have Antoine Wesley. No Rondale Moore. No Andy Isabella. It's one of the deepest positions you have at wide receiver. But we've talked about sometimes bringing a knife to a gunfight. When you're out that many receivers, how do you make it work? No doubt. I mean, just when you think you, you have enough and you have enough depth at a certain position, it, it, it sort of backfires on you. Um, again, hopefully some of these guys can step up, some of the younger guys. Uh, and in, in particular, we have some backs that have some pass-catching skills. So hopefully those, those will be guys that can, can add to the passing game. And we, we get a run game going early and obviously sets up the play-action game. And just got to be efficient on both sides of the ball. Yeah, one of the guys that stood out, he stood out all training camp, was Greg Dorch. He had a good game against Kansas City. He's continued to play well. Yep, he's a guy that, that uh, you know probably is looked at as a little bit of an overachiever throughout his career. But all he does is make plays, and it's hard to overlook that. And, you know, whether it's practice or the game, guy continually comes out and competes and does a good job. Offensive line was something we've talked quite a bit with some of the injuries. I know Rodney's had some injuries and he struggled a bit last week. And then Justin, where are you on the health of that offensive line? Yeah, I think we're getting better. You know, hopefully Justin will be able to go this week to see some encouraging signs. Um, that'll be a big difference in my opinion. Uh, and again, you know, that's where we struggled a lot last week on the interior. Chris Jones is obviously a great player and certainly gave us our fits. Would you chalk up the game that Rodney had to the, the rust from the offseason or was is there something else that would concern you with them? No, I think, you know, I think any time you get back into the flow of things, it was one game, and uh, his history tells me that uh, that he's going to bounce back and play extremely well this week. We looked at, you've got two veteran players that have been great players in this league, and Zach Ertz and A.J. Green. I think they had one target combined in the first half. How important is it to get those guys more involved early? Well, I don't think there's any doubt that we got to get both those guys involved, especially um, the type of receiver that uh, Zach is. You know, to be able to stretch the field, take some pressure off the outside. Uh, he has all the ability in the world. I know he was a little nicked up last week, but I think he's getting better and better, and should be able to count on more snaps from him. And then AJ, you know, is another guy that we got to be able to get him the ball. And um, again, last week there were times where I felt like he had an opportunity, but we didn't quite get it there. Steve Kime, general manager of the Cardinals, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Cards in the Raiders coming up on Sunday. It was, a, it was a difficult game, I thought, to analyze Kyler and how he played, just given the way the flow of the game went. From your seat, how did you analyze how Kyler played? You know, I think he played sort of like everybody else. I mean, I thought he did some really good things, and I thought there were some things that he could clean up and get better at. Uh, I know he'll be the first to tell you that same thing. So he's uh, he's approached this week extremely diligent, like I, I expected him to, and I think these guys got their heads on right and are focused, and sometimes you need a wake-up call, and hopefully that was what we just got. Yeah, that was something Kyler talked about a little bit, too, that the leadership that he showed this past week. I know there's been a lot written and a lot said about the, kind of the different tone that he has taken when talking to the guys, have have you seen that, and how do you think that might materialize on Sunday? I have, you know, and I know a number of times when people talk about you know, young players getting new contracts, how do they respond? And uh, I will tell you straight up, the, the guy has been phenomenal. He's been vocal, um, he's been energetic, and he's done all the right things. So, really proud of how he's responded, and 
again, expect the best of them moving forward. Steve, we, we sit here and we talk about the guys that are still out there. And, and there's a reason those guys are sitting at home and not playing. I mean, we totally get that. But, you know, there are players, you mm-hmm. know, Joe Hayden and A.J. Bowie and Chris Harris and Xavier Rhodes and Jason Pierre-Paul and Ndamukong Sue. And a lot of times teams wait till the contracts aren't guaranteed after that first game. And then they can bring those guys in because you may not have to guarantee the whole contract. How active are you in looking right now to address needs that you still may have at pass rush and cornerback? Well, we're always um, going to remain active. It's just I think it's one of those things that comes up. It's number one is health, and number two is what I call get it off the get off the couch money. You know, which is a lot of times these guys have made an absorbent amount of money and uh, don't want to come in and play for either league minimum or slightly above. And uh, you know, where teams most teams are at a cap standpoint, which you know we're right around the average of the NFL primary NFL teams. You know, you have to budget X amount for injury replacements and those sort of things. So. You know, you have to be able to have some of these veteran players come in and want to play um, and want to get off the couch and play for a minimum deal or a minimum, closer to minimum deal with incentives. So is that the big factor there where if a guy is, hey, I want to play, but I only want to play for $5 million. I mean, if their heart's in it and they want to play for the passion of the game, that they would take they would take less of a deal with incentives. Is, is that really what it comes down to? Yeah, you know, and I think it kind of goes back to like the, the year we signed Dwight Franey. I'll never forget him coming into the Greenbrier and signing him to, I think it was a minimum deal and maybe like $250,000 a, a sack. And I think he got 11 sacks that year. So, you know, guys like that that, that you know want to play, that are fierce competitors, that just want to be a part of a team, you know, you have an opportunity. But then there are some guys, obviously, that, you know, it's a monetary thing and they maybe not don't feel great physically. So you got to sort of vet the process. Do you generally have a certain number of games that have to go by to get like a certain sample size to change your level of pursuit for some of those players three games five games one game or, or does it do you not have like a formula like that no I mean I think it's more of an instinct thing I think like last year with, with the tight end situation you know it was, it was one of those deals where we felt pretty good going into the season and then when Max went down felt like you know with the kind of team we had there was something we, we had to take advantage of which was you know the Zach Ertz trade and you know to me it's, it's more of an instinct thing than it is you know sticking by certain rules I know Marco got a lot of, you know, he was called out a few times by Cliff. I thought Marco Wilson played a really good game against Kansas City. I thought he made some big plays and, you know, that cornerback spot, you get Trayvon Mullen back, you know, hopefully this week. Do you feel better about the cornerback spot now than you did a couple of weeks ago? Yes, I do. And and Trayvon Mullen was out there this week. You know, hopefully he'll get a chance to play either this week or next. Um, But he has looked fantastic. You know, big, long, athletic guy that can move and change direction and really have high hopes for him. But, uh, But I do feel better about that position and hopefully we can get a couple of these guys back. Steve, we appreciate the time as always. Best of luck against Vegas. Thank you, man. Talk soon. Steve Kime joining us on the Arizona Sports Line here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, we saw the PayPal news this morning. Of course, the big news came down late yesterday as well. A prominent member within the Suns ownership group has called for Robert Sarver to resign. What impact will that news have? What impact has that news had? We'll talk about it coming up. Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. 
So, obviously the latest news that came down with the Suns came down this morning. And, and it was... It was it was a big one. It was one of their big sponsors, PayPal. They sponsor the logo on the jersey, right? Yes. Like you can sell ad space now on jerseys, yep. and, and that's the ad that's on the Suns jersey. PayPal, we've all seen it. They basically said, if come a year from now, if Robert Sarver's still there, we're not. We're out. We're out. We're out. If he's still it's an ultimatum. We're done. It's an ultimatum. He goes or we go. We got $3 million we put into you. Now, this is something we've talked about for three days now since it came out. Adam Silver punted, okay? He, he gave, he, he, he gave all his reasons why I can't go any further than this. I can't take his franchise away. But we tinted about it then. We talked about John Najafi and how he's probably going to have something to say about this and how sponsors and minority owners will ultimately decide what's going to happen. So you wait a couple of days and LeBron speaks and then Chris Paul speaks and then the, the Players Association speaks and all of a sudden John Najafi has a statement yesterday. He comes out with a statement. All right. And now you've heard from a couple of sponsors and uh, one of them has decided that they're not going to do any business with the Phoenix Suns anymore if Robert's still here. So everything is, so now that's where when I we talked about Adam Silver's punting, I think Adam Silver knew full well that there was going to be a tremendous amount of pressure put on Robert that kind of takes him off the hook in a way. Yeah, It kind of takes him off, hey, I didn't kick you out of the league. I just suspended you for a year. If, if you end up not owning your franchise, it's not on me. It's not on the other owners. We didn't vote you out. So that is where all of this is coming into play right now. That's the that's. Well, I'll get into the conspiracy theory in a minute. It's not really much of a theory. It's it's just kind of a working idea. The John Najafi came down right at the end of our show yesterday, and we were kind of reacting to it in the moment. And that's kind of where I was leading us to that. Yeah, PayPal, the Kia statement. Kia hasn't pulled out, but they released a statement in which they were strongly condoning what happened with the Suns and Robert Sarver. Uh, the, the ball really kind of got rolling on this uh, in many ways last night with John Najafi's statement that he released. Um, he is one of the three vice chairmen of the Suns. He owns the biggest chunk of the Suns other than Robert Sarver. You had mentioned yesterday they've been, try, they've been trying to buy him out for a while four years. now. For four, four years. years. He released a strongly, strongly worded statement that for most of the night was the top story at ESPN.com, saying he had no choice but to speak up. He wanted to give his deepest thanks to all of those in the organization who had the courage to share their experiences as difficult as it might have been. There's no question the findings determined that Mr. Sarver's lewd, misogynistic and racist conduct had a substantial negative impact on you and has no place in society. Words matter, he said. Similar conduct by any CEO, any president, any teacher, any coach would warrant immediate termination. And then he wrote, the biggie. I cannot in good judgment sit back and allow our children and future generations of fans to think this behavior is tolerated because of wealth and privilege. Therefore, in accordance with my commitment to helping eradicate any form of racism, sexism, and bias, I am calling for the resignation of Robert Sarver. While I have no interest in becoming the managing partner, I will work tirelessly to ensure the next team steward treats all stakeholders with dignity, professionalism, and respect. I don't want to say it wasn't a surprise that he did it. Because I think we all knew if anybody was going to do it, it was going to be him. I think what I'm really curious to see is, is John Najafi the Pied Piper and are others going to follow him now? I'm the Pied Piper, follow me. Of all of those... I actually have that song on my Spotify. I don't doubt it. Of all (laughs) of those minority owners, 
is John Najafi the Pied Piper? Will they he, all get in line behind him, or will they maintain their loyalties to Robert I've, throughout I've all got, this? I've got, as you know, I've got some connections to some of that ownership group. My understanding is that he's not the most well-liked and most well-respected out of the guys. So that could be why he said, I have no interest in taking over. Now, maybe it's gamesmanship, and eventually they'll say, well, you'll take over. This guy, he's very, very, very rich, okay? He's very rich. Uh, he was at one of the games this year. You've seen him a little bit more. He was, he was with Colin Kaepernick at one of the games. Um, so I think that he would... I, I've always heard that he always would want to buy the Suns if they were... For, so I think this. I think... This is my opinion. Based on stuff that I've heard. I think if the Suns just decided... To t- the team's for sale. I think he'd buy it. Okay. I think he would buy the team. I think he would... I, I want to buy the team. I think he would... Has always kind of wanted to buy the team. Now, yes, Roberts tried to buy him out from what I've been told for about four years now. Has it worked? They've kind of opposed each other on a bunch of different things. Um, but not surprising because the day this came out, I mentioned to you, John Najafi, and a bunch of tweets. I did, This is the guy. If anybody's going to push back on this, it's going to be John Najafi. He, him and Robert do not really get along. They, they, they butt heads. So he came out with this strong statement asking for Robert to resign. We have not heard from any of the other minority owners, including his brother Francis. Now, they used to have a lot of business dealings together, John and Francis Najafi. They've kind of severed all those ties. So they have separate business deals. They're both businessmen, but they don't have any businesses really together anymore. I don't know if there was a falling out. I'm not sure what happened, but, you know, they did sever a bunch of the business ties that they had. Um, So now, but I've not, like, you didn't hear Francis Najafi come out and say, I support my brother. We want him. Haven't heard from him. So it will be interesting now to see if, if John Najafi's on an island by himself, that's that's, or if other co-owners decide to, you know, join him, and that's that's where honestly that's where my head goes when I'm thinking about a story like this. Okay, without trying to get too far into the weeds of who likes who and and playing the politics game and who's on whose side and things like that, I'll try to put it a little more simply than that. Do the other minority owners sense that Robert Sarver is a losing horse? And they're not going to back a losing horse. And I think you you wait the you 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 wait to decide which direction you're going to go by letting this play just, out a little bit, right? Just, so if you're yeah. a co- if you're a minority owner, there was no reason to speak on day one. I'm going to wait and see which right which which way, horse, the, which way is the wind blowing right, on this one, right? And if, if there's more sponsors, if there's more players, if there's more pressure, as then much you as, join that side. As much as I might not like John sure. Majafi, if I'm one of those minority owners, he might be the winning horse. But right? this is a business, and yeah, I mean, even if you if you're a minority owner and you love Robert and everything, like, hey, listen, sorry, but like you know, this, this isn't going to end well this, for this. you, and you know, so yeah, so I think that's I think you're winning. Horse thing is exactly right. It's a really good analogy. Like, but I think you wait for a little bit. You kind of it's like being able to bet on a race halfway through it. Right. Uh, that horse uh, is going to win. That horse is going to win. I'm going to bet on that horse. So you wait one day past, two days past, three days past. Even Job Najafi didn't say anything the first day or two. He waited until after LeBron had a statement and after Chris Paul had a statement and after the uh, the leader of the National Basketball Players Association had a statement. Then he released his statement. So I think that. That's what some people are doing is that they're waiting to see, you know, where the tea leaves drop. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for well, that one makes sense. No, no. Damn. The tea leaves don't drop. Oh. You read the tea leaves. 
No tea leaves are dropping. I'm just going to stop all references of tea leaves because I can't get it right. I'm not a really good speaker. I talk for a living. Yeah, no, I've tried so hard to use the tea leaves as a restaurant. O, I think you're o for three on the tea leaves I'm, thing. It's it, right. It's, I was struck out. It's you're just reading tea leaves. That's all you're doing. They're not I've, falling. They're not dropping. It's not fall. They're not changing color. It was like a bat out of lightning. <laughs> they're not. It's nothing. It's that you're reading tea leaves. I once said you don't kick the dog to feed you. Yes, you did. Once and say two. Rights don't make a wrong. You did also say that. No, they don't. Two rights do not make a wrong. When we come back, make no mistake, Chandler Jones might have started this season slow, but he's ready to take on his former team. Question is, is he good enough to take advantage of that? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Chandler Jones week for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, oh, week, honestly. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's, it'll be fun I that, get a chance to play against my old team. But I was going into week two. Hopefully we can just end up in the win column this week. Mm. Chandler Jones in week one wasn't anything special. He hit the quarterback one time. He had one tackle for loss. He had two tackles totally. Didn't have any sacks. Um, but he's, he, I'm sure, like any other athlete ever, the first time you play your former team, in particular the one that basically decided we don't want you anymore, I'm sure there's going to be an extra gear for Chandler. I, I, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if Chandler Jones has himself a good game against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. You know, I heard Bickley and Murata talking about this this morning on my my way to uh, uh, my workout, and they were talking about how they think he's got juice left. They they don't they think all the talk of like he's got nothing left and everything is just is wrong. I think that Chandler Jones is very capable of a few big games, but at his age, after twelve years in the league, I don't think he's capable of doing it consistently. Now, it is true to some extent that he's one of those guys that runs hot and cold, but in the past he ran hot a lot more than he ran cold, and now he runs cold a lot more than he runs hot, and you have a lot more games like he had last week against the Chargers in which he gave them absolutely nothing. But you have to figure. You have to figure that he circled this one on the calendar after he signed with the Raiders. He's going to get a chance to go up against his former team. It's the first home game, and he's going to want to, you know, go up. He knows DJ Humphreys. I think it's an advantage for DJ, because he knows all the Chandler's moves. So I think it's more of an advantage for DJ than it is for Chandler. Um, but you would expect that this is one that he wants to get that first sack of, as a Raider out of the way with. Yeah, and we had the, the Raiders beat writer on yesterday uh, from the Vegas Journal Review. Who Victor said, uh, Vinny? Was it Vinny? It was Vinny. Vinny Bonsignore. 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 Vinny Bonsignore. He's, he's, a, he's a good man. Two were doing Italian translations Absolutely. for the first five minutes of the mm-hmm. interview. Um, <laughs> and, and he pointed out, look, Chandler was never brought here to be the man as the pass rusher. Right. They've already got the man got the guy. as the pass rusher. His name is Max Crosby, and he's the man. They paid him a bunch of money this offseason. He was he was meant to play opposite the man up there. So you, you, you take that, and I, I mean, I, I don't think Bickley and Murata are wrong. I just don't think that juice is going to be there every single game. I, I just don't think he's that guy anymore. I don't think at that age, at that position, you can consistently be that guy anymore. I think you can have it in spurts. It's like, I don't know what ended up being the results of the poll, and I, I think Eric stepped out, but I we did, didn't we end up doing a poll yesterday, over-under, the over-under on sacks that I had for Chandler one, Jones? You had one and a half. I had one and a half. When he gets back in the room, I'll ask him to look up okay. and see whether we ended up with the majority went 
went with the over or the under on that one. Okay, I'll look it up now I, to see I, if it's there. If you can find it, it'd be great. I, I think I think he's going to have a big game. And here's the thing about Chandler, okay? And this is just me to you and everybody listening right now. When I think about Chandler Jones and the Arizona Cardinals, I like to focus not on how it ended. Close. What was it? Give it to me. We're setting the over-under for Chandler Jones. Sack set 1.5. What are you taking when the veteran faces his former team? 52.1% said over. 47.9 went with the under. You bet the under, right? I bet the under. I would bet the over on that. I think he'll have two sacks. Two sacks. I I, I think he'll have two sacks. That's a big game. It's a big game. That's a big game. I I think he'll have, I think he's going to be very, very motivated. My point was, when I think about Chandler Jones, I know people focus on the end and how mediocre he was at the end and how hurt he was at the end and how it was time for him to move on at the end. Man, Chandler Jones was a great cardinal. Was a great cardinal. He did. He was a great. Arizona Cardinals. That was a great trade. It was a great trade. It was a great extension. They got their money's worth. It didn't lead to a title. It didn't lead to a championship. We all thought Chandler Jones they had no pass rush when they got him. Was the missing piece, right? Because yeah. remember, they had that great season with Carson Palmer, and the one thing they didn't have was pass a dominant rusher. pass rusher. I can still remember to this day standing in my shower listening to the radio when the news came down that Chandler Jones had been traded here. And I Do you thought, remember the it. player they traded to the Patriots for him? Yeah, it was uh, the offensive lineman. It was um, yes. uh, Jonathan... Uh, uh, give me the last name! Ted Mitch, what is it? Cooper! Cooper. Jonathan Cooper. Jonathan Cooper. Jonathan um, Cooper was the offensive lineman along with the draft pick. Standing in the shower, dripping wet, going, oh man, that's it. Super Bowl. That's it. That's the one thing they were missing. That's the one thing they didn't have. And even though he didn't deliver on that, I thought he was... So I don't... Like, I don't go into this thinking ill of Chandler, wishing ill on Chandler, hoping things don't work out for Chandler. He was great. Oh, I he do. was great. I know you do. But I got a personal that's, reason. That's, yes. yes. You have a rightful personal you reason. You have a far different I personal. I have a far and, different, and I, I justified one. And I suppose if I were a better co-host and a better friend, maybe yes, I would. Yes, you would support me and my I wife. Support, Instead, you support Chandler Jones. support you Just on goes that to one. show you. Uh, Man, I, I had, I had makes I'd, a comment I'd, about my wife. I had forgotten about that. How much for the girl in your Abby, and yeah, then right, apologized right. to me saying he got hacked when he never got hacked. I mean, and you're rooting good William, and you're rooting for him. Yeah. All right, well, okay. I, 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 admit, I mean, I, 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 I can't admit it. I've forgotten about it, but I, yeah. I will not change my stance that he was a great cardinal. He was a great cardinal. He was, he was. You shouldn't root for him. So good, but yes. maybe I have a reason now not to want him to have success. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, what does he expect from the Arizona Cardinals? Here's what he said. Actually, I don't know. We'll see. Um, to be honest with you, it was a little weird going through the scouting report and just looking at, you know, some of the guys and just hearing their names. You know, those are some of the guys I used to run around with. So um, it'll be fun. It'll be a, it'll be a fun. And it'll be a good task ahead. Of course, you got to slow down Kyler. He talked about that too. Kyler is very unique. He's a unique player, um, and it's hard to kind of. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard to, to try to get someone to get a look of as Kyler. You know, he does things that are that are uncommon. Uh, he has a strong arm. He's very fast. Um, but hopefully, we can get after him. He said it was a little weird going through the scouting report and just looking at some of the guys and hearing their names. There's some of the guys I used to run around with. I so just played that cut two cuts oh, ago. Oh, was that two cuts ago? I was <laughs> thinking about Chandler. Yeah, my bad. But he went up, the guy he went up against last week was Rashawn Slater, and Slater just owned him. Just owned him last week. Yeah. He had he did nothing in that game. No. No. I, now last week against Tennessee, remember after the, after that game against Tennessee it was like, man, maybe they should have signed this guy. You know, five sacks last week in the opener against Tennessee. And then didn't do much very very much after that. So we'll see. I mean he's Boy, very capable of having an impact. You know what? Let's pause on the conversation for a minute yeah. and let's go back 
to a year ago from right now. Okay. That was the whole narrative after week one. Oh, man. What have you done? Sign Chandler Jones. You got to sign Chandler Jones. You got to bring Chandler Jones back. What a what a colossal mistake by Steve Kime to not re-sign Chandler Jones in the offseason. Now, I'll continue to say this, and I'll continue to believe this. The mistake was not letting Chandler walk. The mistake was not replacing Chandler. Yeah, I agree. That was the mistake. I agree. I don't think you'd like, I don't think the Raiders are going to, the, the way you just said the Cardinals got their money worth, I would be surprised if the Raiders get to the end and they're like, we got our money's worth out of Chandler Jones. I would agree. But I think the Cardinals did, you know, because the only bad year he really had was kind of last year. Um, well, the year before he was hurt. The year before he was hurt. He missed yeah. most of the year. Yeah. So it didn't end great. But overall, you're right. I mean, the amount of sacks that he had in the six years that he was here, he was a very, very good Cardinal football player. But I doubt that the Raiders will get to the end of that and say that, you know, he gave them the same thing. Because no. I just don't think that that's going to happen. I just I wish the Cardinals had done more to replace him. I think the Cardinals made a mistake in not doing more to replace him. I think the Cardinals, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what they were planning on doing with their pass rush. Did they think Dennis... And Dennis Gardeck had a nice game, and I think Dennis Gardeck needs more snaps as a pass rusher this week. I hope he gets those sacks. Um, but the Cardinals did, outside of the two draft picks in the third round, which is like a flyer, they didn't really do anything to address their pass rush, and I no. just, for the life of me, I can't understand why. Look, I still think they're going to end up getting somebody, and I mentioned to you that I wouldn't be surprised if they, they kicked the tires on Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, who's sitting at home, and, you know, because that guy could come in and he could play. So I do think that eventually they'll end up with somebody. Um, but like how much long, you know, maybe it's this week. Maybe if they don't get, generate much of a pass rush this week, there'll be somebody here next week. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. It's like all of your favorite podcasts. You subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android, and you're not going to miss any of the show. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. The Amazon broadcast last night was like you were watching a football game on TV. And that was that. And that's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. And quick tempo. And picked off at the one-yard line. That is Watson out in front. Sneed to protect him as well. All the way for the touchdown. Unreal. Somewhere Kurt Warner just sat straight up in his bed and went, James Harrison! <laughs> oh, yeah, 99 Harrison. yards. Ah! Fitz is thinking, get him, get him from behind. Get him, tackle, tackle him, tackle him, just tackle him. Listen, is there anybody who watched that game last night that thought, what the hell is Justin Herbert still doing in the game? Yes. Is anybody like, what? Okay, get the, him out of the game. On the play in particular, the third and one. Oh, yeah, we just like, where he just like he's just like, oh, I can't I, even fathom running one more step. I'm in out. so much pain. And then just take the next the, play. The, it was a, a dart, dart down the middle. A dime on fourth and one right. down the field to give him first and goal. And, and, like, then, okay, the yeah, touchdown, and then the touchdown. And then the touchdown. But I still, I, I, 
I can't take the chance of him getting hit one more time. I would have pulled him from the game and lived to play another day. Yeah. Look, we'll get him at our place. I'm not going to take... Listen, he's a tough son of a gun, Justin Herbert. I like him a lot. He's a fantastic quarterback. But I think Staley made a mistake. I think you got to get him out of the game. I know you're trying to win, but you got down by 10. Your chances of winning was slim. Get him the hell out of that football game. He was taking a beating. He was taking a beat. He looked like he was in so much pain. I don't know how there. he played. I really I mean, don't know how he played. That, that one play where it's like, dude, if you just take three more steps, you get a first down. He couldn't. He, just, he was and just he like, just, oh, get rid of the like, ball. Just get rid of the ball. Just carry, get I, can't, I can't stand one more step. I feel yeah. the coach is like, okay, man, you can't play. Like, I got to get you out of this game. He missed one play. After, yeah. after one of those hits, he missed one play, and then he came right back in the game. So, um, having watched that game last night, Chiefs beat the Chargers. Do you feel better or worse about what the Cardinals did against the Chiefs last week? Were you th- were you thinking about it at all when you were watching yes, the I game? Was. I was thinking that it's really stupid to blitz Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, did, did, really. Did you are. notice how infrequently yes. the L.A. Chargers blitzed yes. Patrick Mahomes? And a few yeah. times he did, it didn't really work. I think he had two touchdowns. Touchdown passes against it. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. No, no. Vance, love you, Vance. What are you doing, yeah, Vance? What are you doing? Game plan. That was, it was a dumb game plan. That was just like I don't know who came up with that. Or I got this great idea. Let's blitz Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, let's not and say we did. Patrick Mahomes against the Blitz this season. Twenty-one of thirty-two, two hundred thirty-one yards, six touchdowns, and no interceptions. Wow. I think four of those touchdowns came against the Cardinals. So I think two came last night. But the, but the Chargers were playing a much more straight up, and it was it was kind of dink dunk, thousand paper cuts kind of offense. Right? There wasn't a whole lot down the field because nope. the Chargers. No, the biggest play of the game was the touchdown. Defensive yeah. touchdown. The Chargers they did that. a decent job against Mo. The Chargers are good. That's what they were good. Their offensive line got hurt. They had a couple of guys that get hurt during the game, so the protection on Justin Herbert wasn't as good as you would have liked. But man, that kid is a special. Dude, what I took out of that game more than anything is, damn, Justin Herbert is a tough son of a gun, and he is good. And that division, man, that division is loaded. Low. Listen, the Cardinals are facing the weakest quarterback of all in that division this week. Carr's the weakest out of all of them. Justin Herbert is going to be, you know, he may be the guy that finally leads the Chargers to a Super Bowl win. They've never won a Super Bowl. He may be the guy that gets it done. Yeah, without question. Uh, I felt exactly the same way. Man, Justin Herbert, kudos to you uh, for hanging in there and and giving your team a chance, even though he threw the 99-yard interception. We talked about this at the beginning of the show. As far as the Amazon broadcast went, there was so much being made about that. Yeah, it was um, great. It was great. It was fine. I it, mean, it, 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 was, it looked like a football game. You know, yeah, yeah. And their team was their team was great too. Like the the broadcast team that they had was very very good. Now I know you talked about Michaels and Herb Street, but I'm talking about the. You know the, uh, the what would they be called? The pre and post the halftime post, show. The Carissa Ryan Thompson, Fitzpatrick and, and Whitworth, and that was fantastic. Tony was Gonzalez, fantastic. Andrew Whitworth, they were really, really good. They had yeah. a lot of energy, a lot of chemistry. I kept it on even after the game. Mahomes came out. He talked about you know being a baseball player, how much that helped them, and they were joking around. I think Fitzpatrick is going to be a star because Mahomes at one point says, "Yeah, I watched Ryan Fitzpatrick," and he's like, "Yeah, on on what not to do." <laughs> it was a great comment. Paul Mahomes is like, "Yeah, I spent my time watching." Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan's like, yeah, and what not to do in this. He was great. I think he's got star potential in the makings, right? I'm telling you right now, I think he's going to be a star. And to be clear, I like Al Michaels. I like Kirk Herbstreet. I like them both a bunch. Yeah. I, it was just an unusual pairing for me because I'm so used to watching Kirk Herbstreet. I know he's done a couple of NFL games with Fowler on ESPN. To me, he's just college football guy, right? And, I'm, and maybe it's because for the last 
10, 15 years, it's been Al Michaels sitting next to Chris Collinsworth, right? And that has been the pairing for him. So to hear any other voice with Al Michaels is just weird for me because I'm so used to their chemistry. I like them both, and I think I'll get used to them calling games together. It was just an unusual kind of match. But I thought all this hype about how different it was going to It was a football game. Now, there was, and Mitch sent me an email today, kind of an opposing point of view, like, yeah, it was a football game that I have to pay $9 a month to watch. You know, like if you don't, if you're not an Amazon Prime member, you know, that game I used to be able to watch for free. Now I got to pay $9 a month to watch that game. Yeah, but this wallet I got delivered in one day. (laughs) Look at this beautiful wallet. I got it the next day. Chelsea ordered it the next day. I I was at my house Uh, right there. Listen, my problem with the broadcast isn't anything. I thought the broadcast came off great. My problem is like, how do you invest? You have all this money, but I can't rewind anything or fast forward anything. Like uh, the rewind and the fast forward on on anything with Amazon is just like, don't even bother. Like, just don't even bother. I'm going to have to take that for a test spin next week because I didn't try to rewind anything. I, I just, I, I, I'm curious. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you had that problem. I want to see if they fix that problem. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's certain, like, you know, uh, on some of those network, some of those uh, apps, you know, like, we'll be watching a show. And if, like, a, you know, like a, a sultry scene comes on and the kids are walking in the refrigerator, go get a Jell-O cup, we got to, like, fast forward it. And it's like, it's terrible. They're fast forward and rewind are terrible. Fast, fast forward and fast, get a jello cup. They get a jello go. Don't let them st- jello cup, jello cup. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. You're an empty no. nest. I got 13 year olds. Fast forward. Don't hit pause. Can you hit pause? It right, stops right there. Fast forward. Jello cup. Don't that's the that's the key word. Jello cup. Jello cup. Jello cup. Jello cup. <laughs> Q gets like three. See him walking in. I know exactly what it is. Jello cup. That's the that's uh, the key word to fast forward it. And then all of a sudden the volume miraculously gets so loud. Chelsea's like, I, why does every TV show have to have that? Like, why does every single TV show have that's to have so that? Funny. Why? That's so every funny. single TV show because it's because it's it's with the, when the kids get older, it's the opposite. Like when you're the parent and you're walking into the room where the kid is with their significant other, I make as much noise as I possibly can to let them know I'm coming. Right. I'm coming oh, down the stairs I'm now. Coming. Bump, bump, bump. You I like think, peanut butter. I think I want another beer. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's doing something to somebody better stop because here I come. Oh, the kids are quiet assassins. If only your kids did the same thing, right? right. If you guys are watching something dirty on the TV, I'm coming to get a Jello cup. You better stop. Stop! No, here I come. I, right, and but the problem, like with normal TV, you could like, <laughs> but with any of the app stuff, like Netflix oh, yeah. or it's, Amazon Prime, it's like the rewind and fast forward features suck. Some of it's and some of it's racy. I mean, some of that streaming stuff is like okay, whoa, every hey, show, hello. like you can't get pretty every much, show has it. Pretty much every show, Jello yeah. Cup. <laughs> you know what? We were gonna preview some of the top games this week in the NFL, but Jello Cup was much better content, and so that's what we're gonna leave you with oh. on the Burns and Gambo show when we come back. The 4 o'clock reset, the top stories of the day, and that includes the very latest injury report from the Arizona Cardinals. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Yellow Cup! Yellow Cup!